Welcome back to another episode of the Kitmen Podcast. My name is Rohan. As always, someone is missing. Today it's Owen, but I got Delette with me. Delette, how are you? Great, man. And it wouldn't be wouldn't be Kitmen if all three of us were here. Yeah, no, it, it really wouldn't be. But as always, <laughs> we have a third. We have Gareth. You might know him as Eno Football. Be sure to check him out. Um, his stuff is linked in the description of this episode. Gareth, how are you? I'm good. Very excited to talk about the World Cup. My favorite thing in all of football, in the world, actually. <laughs> fair so, enough yeah, yeah no thanks well, for having we, me on yeah we we have an exciting episode um so this is different from a lot of traditional world cup episodes because we do things differently over at the kit man we're we've grouped most of the teams into three categories knockout quality teams that we think will make the knockouts or have the quality to make the knockouts deep run teams that will make a deep run maybe semifinals, quarterfinals something like that and then actual contenders for the world cup so we're going to go through each of those. We're going to give our thoughts on on the teams that we have written down. So, Gareth, as our, as our guest, let's kick it off with knockout quality. What's one of the teams you got in there? Right. So the first one I've got to go with, because I'm English, but I do live in Wales. So I've got to go with Wales because uh, I went to watch Wales versus Poland um, live at the stadium uh, a couple months ago, and they weren't very good. It was, it was, it was a terrible performance. But there's just something about <sighs> Wales when they get to the the knockout, uh, well, to the major tournaments, not necessarily in the knockout rounds, but I'm hopeful that Wales actually can because there is a lot of quality in there. And Rob Page, the manager, I think he's like really, really switched on. I think he's one of the better managers for the for the lesser teams, let's say. Um, so I have a lot of faith in him. There's a lot of experience there as well. With Gareth Bale, uh, players like Aaron Ramsey um, as well, who aren't at their best, but they've obviously still got that experience to impart on the rest of the team. And then there's so many good, exciting young players. Um, I think of, uh, what's his name? His name's escaped me now. The lad at uh, Nottingham Forest. Morgan uh, Gibbs-White? Is he Welsh? No, no, he's English. Uh, the attacker. No, it, it's it's the, the right winger. I forgot it, like Callum Wilson. Or, no, not Callum Wilson. Oh my gosh. I know who you're talking about though. Yeah, <laughs> his name's just escaped my mind, but um, I'm hopeful for him. Dan James actually plays really well for Wales. Um, he always turns up and he, in like a tournament, one of those players that can get in behind um, can be like very, very tricky. And then my favorite player for Wales is actually Nico Williams, who hasn't done too well for Nottingham really? Forest, but for Wales, he's just absolutely fantastic. And again, one of those players that at a tournament, like all you need is a moment and he can create something out of nothing. So there's these little players that I think, and in that group as well, where you've got Iran, the USA and England, I can back Wales to get a result against all of those. Um, so, and even though like it's one of those, that that group, anyone can go through and anyone can finish last as well. Well, maybe not England finishing last, although I wouldn't speak too soon on that, <laughs> having watched England in the past. But I think this team's too good to go last. But the rest of them, I think, can finish in any of those spots, even like first. So it's a, it's a tough one to call, but I definitely think I back Wales to do it. So yeah, I've got them going into the knockouts. I think... Um, who they would play is probably uh, the Netherlands who win their group. And I don't back them to beat them. So, you know, they'll probably end up going out, but I do back them to get through the group. Personally, I hate how Wales play in, in <laughs> tournaments. Like yeah. they're so boring to watch. And yeah. I'm not a huge fan of the play style there. So they actually didn't make my knockout quality list. Did, did they make yours? Yeah, I did. But I, I don't, I don't, um, I guess, hold them back for the way they play. I mean, it's not like, you know, club football, you don't play exciting, you can buy a 10. 
or by the creative players needed. It's international football. You know, you got to you gotta work with what you got. And I like, they're able to get results, which is like what, what you look for in international football. They, like you said, bro, they have the facility to, you know, get a result out of anybody, which that's probably like the most important thing with such like an unpredictable tournament, like the World Cup is just a team that can get results whenever, you know, the the outcome is just unclear. And Wales have that. Yeah, that's true. Um. Oh, by the way, so my criteria for this personally was a combination of so so when I sent out the topic to, to Gareth and Delette, I didn't spe- specify criteria because that makes the episode a lot more spicy. So my criteria was a combination of the quality in the group and the quality in the team. Um, I don't know about you guys. Yeah, no, if you consider the quality in the group, Wales can definitely, you know, get a result from the US and Iran. So I could see how they're definitely knockout quality. A team that I think might be a hot take that I had for knockout quality was actually Belgium. I don't see them making a very deep run. For me, that team just is not doing enough. I, I agree. I think um, I think they'll get out the group, but I think beyond the group, there's potentially some tricky draws for them as well. They, they could come up against Spain or Germany, most likely in the next round, and I don't see them beating them, for example. Um, and I think Croatia will win that group. So, yeah, I think they're going to struggle. I think, obviously, with the De Bruyne, you've always got a chance, but I, I agree. I feel like that squad is stronger than... I guess we're giving them credit for. I know they've kind of aged past what we considered the golden era, but I think they still absolutely have the ability to even top that group. Who do they have? I mean, like Lukaku is so hit or miss. Yeah, I guess Lukaku's probably the the main one. Where, you know, if you get him and he's on it, he'll get you to the top of the group if him and De Bruyne are on it. But it's just it's it's a gamble though, definitely. Yeah, and I just think that defense that that defense is it's not yeah. doing enough for me. Like against against a lot of the teams in the tournament. And especially, like you said, Gareth, depending on who they draw, if they go up against a very good attacking team, it could be wraps for them in the knockout stages. But I do see them getting out of the group for sure. Yeah, exactly. It's more to do with who they can draw for me. Like if they got, if they were had a more favorable draw, if they win the group, um, although if they win the group, then you still end up coming up against the other one, uh, the other of Spain or Germany, who will likely yeah. finish first or second. So it's it, yeah, it's very tough for them. And uh, I, I guess that's kind of unfortunate, because, but you know, you never know. They do have the quality players to beat a team like that. It's just I wouldn't put them as favorites in that game. Dwight, how about you? Who you got in knockout quality? Knockout quality going down to Group H, and I'm gonna say Uruguay. I feel like that's a pretty solid lock. That group is kind of I don't want to say obvious, but I feel like Portugal and Uruguay kind of stand above the other two. That's crazy hating, bro. Uruguay are winning the whole thing, all right? Me and Gareth yeah. ran through every possible really? scenario. Yeah, no, me and Gareth last night on TikTok Live ran through every possible scenario like we're Doctor Strange in Endgame, and we said Uruguay can do it. That's crazy. I see them optimistically getting past the round of 16. Nowhere further than that. That's crazy. No, yeah, yeah no, um, I, I, I don't see them. Realistically, I don't see them winning the whole thing, but I had them in deep run. I, I think they're low-key a sleeper. Really? Yeah, yeah I okay. agree. I think um, they've got some like really good players. Their manager's quite new. I think he only came in last year, so that could be we haven't really seen the best of them yet, or it could be that he's not actually that good. Um, but like with players like uh, Araujo in, in defense, they've also got Jimenez, who isn't having the best time, but for Uruguay tends to turn up. Oliveira's doing fantastic for Napoli. They've also got Valverde, mm-hmm. and then they've also got Bentancur in midfield. And I don't know how to pronounce this name, 
you guys might know, but you know the guy who plays for Flamengo, uh, Georgian uh, de Arasqueta, I'm not sure, is attacking midfielder. And mm. every time I've seen him play, he's just absolutely fantastic. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but I think he's someone who could like really shock people as one of like the standout players. I've, and Uruguay, just going based off what I know about the footballing, because uh, I don't know too much about the manager and how he's going to set up, but going off what I know about their footballing culture, they're going to try and want to be hard to beat. And they've got the defenders to be able to do that. And then they've got the players in midfield who can help them break and also break up that play and counter higher up the pitch than maybe like a Wales, for example, who are going to sit very deep. Suarez is going to be super up for it with his, his last one. And I'll never bet against him to have one last bite at the World Cup. Uh, hopefully, not a lit- hopefully not a literal bite. But um, And yeah, and, and then Darwin is like, you never know what he's going to do. But equally they could just lose to whoever they get in the, in the round of 16. It's always hard to predict, but yeah, I am, I am backing Uruguay to do quite a deep run, um, especially because yeah. like their draw could be fairly favorable uh, coming up against teams who are more their level rather than like a France. Of course, it depends who, where people finish in the group. Um, but yeah, they could face someone like uh, Switzerland or uh, Serbia who both I also have in deep run uh, potentially oh. because um, there's so many teams I think that could do it, but it just they a lot of them are going to come up against each other, so it just depends on who they beat, for example. Um, but yeah, I, I, I back Uruguay. Um, I, I hope they I hope they do well as well. Yeah, no, I also back Uruguay. I can already see Bentacor winning the ball, uh, beating whoever's on him, threading in Valverde, who is absolutely streaking in behind, and then him squaring it off to Luis Suarez. I think that's a very realistic possibility and a great game plan. If you're Uruguay. Yeah, like you said, I think if they draw someone like Switzerland or Serbia, it's very, very possible that they could, you know, make the quarters or even the semis. Um, But who else did you have, Gareth, in knockout quality? Um, Well, I mentioned Switzerland and Serbia, which is an interesting one because they've got each other in the group and they're obviously there with Brazil as well, who I think we'll all have as one of our proper contenders. But um, yeah, I think... It, it, it depends on which one of those go through, which is why I put Switzerland slash Serbia, because um, it's it's you could toss a coin and either either one of them could go through. They don't like each other as well. They've got a bit of a rivalry because of like things that have happened at previous World Cups, which I really like. Yeah, <laughs> the Xhaka and Shakiri uh, goals uh, and celebrations. Um, but yeah, they're both teams which have like got a lot of quality packed in. Um, I think Serbia have more star quality and then Switzerland are more balanced and uh, uh, spread out throughout the pitch. But then someone like Briel Mbolo could be, this could be his tournament where he really shines. So I have a lot of hope for him from a Swiss point of view. And then obviously you've got like Mitrovic, Milinkovic, Savic, uh, Vlahovic, Tadic. There's so many like players Serbia have as well who could just have an amazing tournament and really pull them through. So I think I think both of those they again they could come up against Uruguay. That's such a 50-50 game for me. And then if if you win that, then you're in the quarterfinals. You're potentially up against a team like Croatia. Obviously, the dark horses from last year's tour. Oh, not last year's the last World Cup. Um, and Croatia, another another one you could put in there. And it's just yeah. So there's a nice little run to the semis for one of these kind of teams. So I think you know pretty much almost guaranteed we're going to get someone in the semis who maybe people wouldn't expect. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with that. Um, 
I actually went with Switzerland in in the deep run category for the same reasons I had Uruguay in the deep run category. I if they if they get Uruguay, I could also see them beating Uruguay. Honestly, that game's a toss up. And then, yeah. like you said, you're you're deep into the knockout stages. Um, Dillette, what about you? Did you have Switzerland or Serbia in your knockout quality? I had yeah, I had Serbia going through a decent a decent way. That's also a team that I kind of. I feel like they they are similar to Uruguay and they do have like a pretty clear run, but the it's just they, they they don't have like a ton of quality, but I think they have like the grit that's needed at the World Cup, which I mean like half these teams are like, you know, you look at them and you say they're oh, a spectacular team, and they're half you're like, okay, they either have grit or they're gonna get cleared from the group stages. And I think mm-hmm. yeah, Serbia Serbia's got it to kind of grind through some results, but I don't have them as a deep run though. Okay. Um did you have anyone else in knockout quality to let? No, 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 no. No, I I went with Germany in knockout quality. That German team on the international stage is just so unimpressive. And I know Hansi Flick hasn't had a ton of time with the team. But for me, I just don't see them making a deep run. Not only do they have, you know, a fairly um, tough group, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they have Spain and Japan who aren't terrible. Um, Yeah, Japan are good. It wouldn't even massively shock me if Japan went through. Yeah, that's my. Yeah, I think they're super underrated. Yeah, no, uh, that's my thing. So I went with Germany in knockout quality. I don't know about you, Gareth. Um, Germany are a team that I'm. uh, If I was a betting man, which I'm not, um, but I would refuse to bet on them because they're just so hit and miss. You don't know what you're going to get. One game they could be incredible, the next game they could be terrible. So they could scrape through and win the World Cup. Uh, some games looking fantastic and some games they're just maybe scraping through on penalties or something um, because, you know, they do have a lot of experience and elite players in there and they've obviously got a fantastic manager. But at the same time, I could equally see them, you know, potentially even falling out of out of the group. If, for example, they draw with uh, Japan and maybe lose to Spain, I could see Japan also getting a draw, a draw with Spain. And then going through maybe a point ahead, I think they'll all be Costa Rica. So it's so hard to predict with Germany what exactly they're going to do. I think they could go out in the groups. I think they could win it. Um, I think knockout quality is fair. You could have them deep run as well. And I'd understand why some people might have them in real contenders as well. Garrett, did you have any more knockout quality? Yeah, I've got two more. One of which is Ecuador, which I think I feel safer about now after Mane's injury, which looks like it's going to keep him out of the World Cup, which is a massive blow to Senegal, um, which is a a big shame for them because I think they had a lot of hopes, even though I think, I don't want to say they're overrated, but I just think people are writing off Ecuador too easily. I think Ecuador could get through, and we were talking about this on the live yesterday, Rohan, Um, they could then come up against England, and I wouldn't want that game, as much as I want it more than the Netherlands or, you know, any other... Uh, you know, big team, I guess. Uh, I, would, I wouldn't I would be 100% confident against Ecuador, but I would expect us to beat them, if that makes sense. But um, so yeah, I've got Ecuador. And then my kind of, my hot take one is Cameroon. Now, they've got some fantastic players and Gisa is brilliant. Uh, and then Onana in gold, it just, he really helps them and allows them to play a little bit higher up because he's very good at sweeping and stuff like that, um, which means... I don't know, maybe I'm just looking at them on the African stage as opposed to the, you know, full international where they're able to dominate a bit more. But they really impressed me in the Africa Cup of Nations. I think they were the best team in that tournament and they're unlucky to, you know, not actually win it. 
Um, and yeah, so I'm excited to see them. I think out of the African teams, they're the ones I would have the most hope for. Um, but again, equally, <laughs> they could be absolutely terrible as well. But yeah, so that's kind of my hot take one. I, I'm hopeful that Cameroon can do something. Full disclosure, I did have Senegal in my list because when I made this this morning, I didn't have the Mane news and now I've taken them out of my list. So mm. my only remaining team I have in knockout quality is the Netherlands. Um, I was tentative. I was like, Ooh, could they go for a deep run or are they more just knockout quality? And for me, this team is kind of underwhelming on the international stage, given the talent. And I think their midfield can kind of get overran at times, especially because you really only have Frankie de Jong in there who, who who's your most effective player. And he's not going to, you know, do literally everything for you. So that was my reason putting Netherlands in knockout quality. Yeah, I think um, the, the Netherlands... Yeah, so yeah. did I. I had the Netherlands in deep run, uh, just because their their run could potentially be quite decent. Um, yeah, I think against those weaker teams, they will dominate, and so the midfield being overrun isn't such an issue. If they come up against a tough team, I think your points totally stand, Rohan. But I think they've got the quality to get them past certain teams. So it kind of depends on who they get. Um, but and then you've got players like Depay who love to like step up and be the man on, on the international stage. Um, and he could even be looking to get himself a move away from Barcelona. Um, yeah, I think like if it all falls right for them, they could even go and win it. But I think quarterfinals, potentially even semifinals, depending on how, how the chips fall for them. Fair enough. All right. And with that, let's move up into the next level teams that we think will make a deep run. I've gone I'll start off out of the gates. Hot take France. I don't think they're real contenders for the World Cup. The, for me, Deschamps can never really put the pieces together. No Conte is huge. No Pogba is huge because he's really their catalyst in, in the midfield. And like I said, when the game is on the international stage, it's a lot slower. And that's where Pogba is at his absolute best. And without him, I really don't know what type of formation or what type of play style they're going to come out with. There's so many talented pieces in this team, but for me, Deschamps just is not the guy for, for France. They should move on to a new manager. And that's my reason and not putting, putting them in contenders. I don't know your thoughts on that, Gareth. Um, yeah, for me, France, I look at them and everything you say makes sense, but I've just got this gut feeling that they're going to do very well. Not necessarily that they will win, but I do have them in my real contenders because um, I think they've got just that killer instinct up front, which no matter who you've got as a manager, is just such a lethal weapon. Defensively as well, they've got a lot of very talented and some very experienced players. I don't think Lloris is the best keeper in the world by any means, but because I think Manyan's going to be injured for this World Cup now, isn't he? So he won't be starting. But he is very experienced. He is a good captain and he is a solid keeper. Um, I think also the way they like to play, it kind of suits his play style in that they will often sit not deep, but like they're not playing massively a high line or anything. Um, so, and I think that obviously suits Lloris because he's not this modern keeper who's going to play like, uh, like a Neuer would, for example. Um but yeah, so I think, and like you said, on the international stage, games are slower. And I just think it suits the way, that's why I think often 
England have done well or France won the last World Cup. They play horrible football, but it just kind of works. And I would love to put France in knockout quality. I'd love to see them go out in the group stages. I just think it'd be so funny. But I just don't believe that they will be that bad. I did, um, I think also at the last Euros, they had that slip against Switzerland where they ended up going out on penalties. I think they've mm-hmm. kind of had that blip and they're going to be a bit more on it this time. They've also got some younger players who are hungry to like insert themselves into that position now with those injuries. And they've got fantastic depth to go into those positions as well. So as much as they do have injuries, it's not as as uh, as bad for if, if it would be for like if England lost uh, Jude Bellingham and Declan Rice, for example, our midfield would be <laughs> torn apart. <laughs> Whereas yeah. with France, you've still got those fantastic options. And you have to remember, the only thing really missing from Benzema's resume is an international trophy. Yeah, exactly. He's going to want that. Um, who, who, who else did you have in deep run, Gareth? Um, so I've got, I've got Croatia in there. I really like Croatia. Um, they've got a very good midfield with Kovacic, Modric and Brozovic as their main three. They've got some decent depth if one of those were to get injured as well. Um, I think at this World Cup, they've actually got a better defence, even though I think um, Lovren and Vida are a little bit past what they were at that tournament. They are still super experienced. I don't, I'm hoping anyway, Lovren doesn't start. Um, but he is a good person to have there. But with Gvardiol and Borna Sosa, I really like those two on that left side of the defence. And I think that's a massive upgrade for them um, from mm-hmm. the last World Cup. Their issue is, uh, well, their issue in my mind is them going forward. But then recently, they've put three past Austria twice. They've got four points off France out of the uh, Nations League group, beating them once and drawing with them. Obviously, we've spoken about France. They can be a bit hit and miss like like Germany can and not to the same extent. And then they've also beaten Denmark twice, which is another I had in deep run as well, just because they look they look very they look very good. But they've beaten them twice. So I'd say if out of all of these, the one that I'd be most confident about making a deep run is Croatia. On top of that, um, I'd back them to win their group. We spoke about Belgium earlier and how we don't think they're the best necessarily. Um, and in which case they would play uh, second place uh, from Spain and Germany, which could be Germany. And I'd back them to beat Germany. Guaranteed, of course, Germany can always turn up. And then they're in the semifinals at, at that point. So, uh, yeah. Wait, no. No, they're in the quarterfinals where they could have an, another favourable draw most likely against someone like a Uruguay, Portugal, Serbia, or Switzerland. I think they can beat all of those as well. So, yeah, which again, we've spoken about kind of 50-50 games with some of those, like uh, Switzerland and Uruguay or Portugal. Um, but yeah, I think I think they could definitely go far. Uh, yeah, so I also had Croatia and Denmark in deep run um, for, mm-hmm. for similar reasons. Dillette, over to you. As did I. Yeah, I've had those teams. I also, I think you guys were harsh on, or I don't know if Gareth, you had Germany lower, but I think that was a harsh one. Everyone, you know, I have them as a deep, a deep running team here. I think that's yeah. crazy. And and you know, you know how the saying goes: football's played for ninety minutes, and then at the end, the Germans win. Yeah. So I mean, as long as as long as they're in the tournament, I feel like it's always a possibility for them to do something. And it's not like the team is terrible; it's just not as you know, solid as we're used to a Germany team being, but I think they still have like some players who 
always have the ability to surprise us, you know. Like, it's a lot of guys who, like, you know, if you get Havertz and Werner firing on their day, they're great. But, you know, how often is that going to be? Someone like Jamal Musiala, I could see, like, honestly being, if they, yeah. if they use him properly, he could be, like, you know, deciding their place in the tournament, you know, one of those players. Yeah, I think Musiala is a great shout for, like, the best young player of the tournament, for example. Um, I also had them in deep run for the same reasons. Like, you, number one, I just never bet against Germany because every time I've had, it's not worked out well. <laughs> um, yeah. And and then the, the other reason is just because they do have that quality, like you said, um, and the great manager as well. Um, so even though it's not always gone great, I would never back against them, uh, bet against them. Yeah, um, that that's fair. I just, you know... I'm not a fan of the German national team. Um, but in uh, aside from them in deep run, I had Spain. I think Spain is poised for, for a fairly deep run this tournament. Um, I like the competition in their group. I do have my issues with their defense, to be honest. But you, we know what we're going to get from Spain. They're one of, a lot of these teams that are in deep run or in my contenders group were not a thousand percent sure what to expect from them on any given day we know what we're going to get from spain and i think that's a huge thing going into a tournament a team with identity and so much culture around it yeah i think my problem with spain is like so in my head i was thinking of deep run as like a really good opportunity to get to the semi-finals and every time i look at it i think like spain if they if they do win their group which i do back them to um most likely they run into Brazil in the quarterfinals. Um, and that's where I'm like, hmm, I, I heavily back Brazil to win that. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's just part, partially from where I was thinking about um, deep run. But there were teams like uh, Germany, Spain, and it's just like, again, you could, these guys could be in any of those. And they could beat Brazil. There's no reason why they couldn't. It's just that I would favor Brazil in that, in that scenario. Their defense, uh, like you said, is, is a big worry for me in with Spain. I think it, coming up against a counter-attacking team as well, they could get caught and that could just be a, a disappointing exit, you know? Yeah, no, that's true. And I can definitely see a Brazilian team with all that attacking firepower just yeah. dismantling um, yep. the Spanish defense. Um, Dillette, what about you? What I else have, you got? I have them in the same spot. Spain also right there for me. I feel like they're on the lower end of it, though. I know you have questions about their defense, but I have honestly even more questions about their attack. I feel like we, we trust Spain to hold the ball and be dominant in midfield and, like, just about against any team. But I don't think they have the firepower to do much. I know. Who are, who are they looking for this this tournament to, like, be their main goal scorers, you know? Is it Ferran Is it Torres? Morata? Mor- yeah, Morata. It's, it's underwhelming. And, and, it, and it usually is. And that's kind of the difference between the great Spanish teams and the underwhelming ones is whether they have like that striker that they sometimes, you know, they have the Fernando Torres that comes through the David Villa. But once you take that striker out, it's, it's possession side that can't do much else, but hold possession. So I have them deep run. It seems like they're going to dominate their group, but yeah, once they get to a, a proper quality team, it's not looking good. I think um, the Euros looking back at that, it's, they're a team that they they dominate the ball and they would suffocate opponents. They actually beat Croatia 5-3, but that was a very weird game. 
yeah. that one aside, the one against Italy, for example, they probably deserve to win, but their striker let them down. They drew one all and, you mm-hmm. know, eventually went out. Um, so it is definitely, that's definitely another worry with, with Spain. In my head, I always think like they'll score, they'll either beat you 1-0 or you'll probably end up beating them. That's kind of how I think about Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's about that defence with that attack as well. The midfield's obviously fantastic, but it is a big worry. That's fair. Um, Gareth, who else did you have in deep run? My last one that we haven't already spoken about anyway, because I had some that we've spoken about, but um, is Portugal. And it's Same. just, yeah, I just think they should be, <laughs> they should be real contenders. They've got an incredible squad uh, or they have the potential to have an incredible squad because the manager might not even pick a lot of players, which he should. Um, but it, that's the thing. That's It's the manager who holds them back. And potentially to an extent, Ronaldo as well. Um, everyone's obviously seen over the last year how his game has just declined. And he's obviously still got that killer instinct when he's got the opportunity, but he can also be a liability for the team. So I had them finishing second in the group behind Uruguay, just because I think Uruguay will gut it out more. And then if if they win the group, then they could, uh, they could obviously have that same run that I was talking about with Uruguay. Um, if they come second there's a very good chance they then face Brazil. Um, so it's kind of very determining. It's it's going to be determined where they finish in their group, I think, with Portugal. They're either knockout quality or if they finish, uh, if they finish first, they could get a more favourable draw and then maybe get to the quarters, maybe the semis. Maybe even win it. Yeah. My, my thing with Portugal is direct directness, especially in wide areas on international tournaments is so, so valuable. And if the manager chooses not to play Rafael Lau, it's really going to hurt them because I think his directness can be so valuable for the team. And you could, you could even play Ronaldo alongside Leao and have him be fine. Yeah. I would prefer Felix up top and then, you know, kind yeah. of any combination of one of 800 midfielders that Portugal has would be absolutely yeah. fine. But yeah, no, I definitely understand the questions around Ronaldo. That's why I also had him in deep run. Still has the killer instinct, but not necessarily the overall performance that we're used to seeing from him. And yeah, the, like 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 you said, the manager um, and the lack of directness that he's willing to play with. Uh, Dillette, how about you? I disagree with Portugal, but we'll get to that. My yeah. last team that I had in deep run, this is a controversial one. The three lines, England. I just don't want to see Harry Kane win a trophy. I don't think he's worthy of it. <laughs> that's the that's the main gripe there. But it's just like the the main reason is just like like what's changed really in this England squad from the last two tournaments that we've seen them at. I know like they runners up at the Euro, but you know g- given context, we saw the run that they had leading into the Euro final and how they played. And now it's just going to be teams who are going to play like that in a more disciplined fashion, and it's just going to be a matter of who's going to do it better i don't think england have the the mentality to out sit back a team like like uruguay or something like that you know i think gareth's I gonna i think gareth's gonna agree with you here um well <laughs> now i've put england as my, my lowest real contenders the reason mm-hmm. for this is not any logic around uh, the tactical side of the game or anything yeah. like that. I have major, major doubts about this England team. And like I said earlier, I wouldn't even be surprised if we don't go through. But 
when I, when I look at it, we do have a favourable group, and then there's potential for quite a favourable draw. Potentially Ecuador, Senegal, someone like that in the round of 16. Potentially someone like Denmark in the quarterfinals, who I think we're kind of equal to. We beat them in the Euros, but I think they were the better team. But we did mm-hmm. beat them, um, and that I think that's kind of a 50-50 game. And then we could get through to the semis, where and that side of the bracket as well. I think will be the weaker semi. We'll avoid Brazil and Argentina. And so, you know, then you're in the final and then it's coming home. <laughs> but my main, my main logic is um, going into the World Cup and the Euros, everyone doubted South Korea, everyone doubted England, and we did well. And I just don't think there's any logic to, to it. I just think there's potential that England do something. Um, and I don't know why, it, but every time I write them off, we do well so it's just like maybe well actually maybe i shouldn't be actually yeah maybe i was I gonna say keep, yeah maybe i should keep writing them off <laughs> um but i don't know exit for england yeah knockout exit for the jinx yeah everything in my brain is basically telling me england aren't really going to do anything but when you actually look at it look at the potential run if england can win the group this is it's favorable for another southgate getting going deep in a tournament and um and just you know getting getting an easy run and then people overblowing just how good it was and and all of that but you know we fit we got to the semis then we finished as runners up in the euros so natural progression we're going to win the world cup and also we're so close now it's time to get deluded so we're winning the world cup well i think the thing that england has going for them is the similar thing that spain has going for them they have an identity they know we know what what we're going to expect from england and it's kind of a defensive approach i i found it interesting that southgate was trying out so many different things with the world cup so close like saka at left wing back which went so poorly <laughs> um so i also did have england lowest on my list of contenders because i do think um, we have the same top three um, contenders. But before we move on to that, is there anything you wanted to say about England, Dillette? You're on mute. He's, he's unmuted. Oh, gosh. I think I think Southgate trying new things out, if anything, is like that That doesn't come out as a good thing. I, Southgate is someone who I feel like thrives on the predictability of his style of play. Like we know he's going to come out, he's going to sit back, and he's going to – hope Harry Kane create something out of nothing but him trying things out just it doesn't fit with confidence for England going into this tournament like it makes me feel like they're a bit unsettled in how they want to play which is not which is just the last thing that you want going into a world cup yeah I think another thing it's, uh, taking on that point about being unsettled and stuff is th- this happens every time England are at an international tournament is one player's in really good form like James Madison is in now at the Euros it was Grealish um, and every, all the, the entire country is just screaming at the manager, play this person, play this person, play this person. Um, I, I, and considering how James Madison's playing and stuff, I think with a really good manager or the annoying thing with Southgate is he's gone to this back three slash back five and he's obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And actually when England have played best, it was under a four, two, three, one. Those have been our best performances under Southgate. And that yeah. would suit Madison so much. Um, but I don't think he's going to do it. I think he's going to stick with the three. And that's why I think, you know, because of the favorable or the potential favorable draw um, that we could have, I think we could do okay and just squeeze past those teams like Ecuador and teams like that. But um, 
yeah, when it comes to being a proper contender, the only reason yeah. I put us in there is pure delusion. <laughs> <laughs> I think kind of will it into, into existence. I think if you play the back four and you play a pivot of Declan Rice, Jude Bellingham, and then the middle three of Madison or someone else, and then Saka and Foden out wide, or even Grealish out wide. I think Grealish is good for England whenever he comes yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And Kane up top, that's a strike force to be terrified of if I'm a defense. Yeah. You have everything in there. You have you have playmaking through the middle, you have playmaking out wide, the wide players, all three of those, all four of those players can take people on, and you have two absolute anchors sitting behind them. So I, yeah. I, I think that is the most optimal lineup for Garrett Southgate. Yeah. But let's move on into other contenders. Dillette, who'd you have? World Cup final contenders, Portugal, Ronaldo's last dance. I feel like them and Argentina culturally go hand in hand as contenders, regardless of the squad. I just have to have both of them there. Argentina, even if Messi wasn't there, actually, no, let me slow down. Even if this wasn't like the whole Messi versus Ronaldo in the final type thing, I think they would still be favorites. But Portugal, I feel like Ronaldo needs to step up for his legacy right now. Legacy on the line to be the greatest footballer ever. Now's like his time. I feel like he can't fumble this, you know, like like he's physically incapable of fumbling this. He will make it to the final. <laughs> I, I disagree with that. But on that note of Argentina, that team is absolutely terrifying now. Like this is the mm-hmm. best team Messi has had in a really, really long time. My only fear of them not winning or getting to the final is they kind of implode on all the talk around them and they go crashing out and like er- er- early on in the knockout stages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That's... I feel like they they beat that, you know, with the, with the Copa America one. I feel like they've kind of shaken that, you know, we have like the messy talk. They've shaken that off. Do you think they have that um, that expectation in Argentina that they will win it? Obviously, everyone hopes that they will. But do you think that they they actually think... Do you think that expectation is at that level, where, which it seems to be for a lot of people outside of Argentina? I think I, it's expected in Argentina that they at least make the... What's before the final? Semi-final? Yeah. They, they at least make the semi-final. Yeah, probably. I, th- I think that they would they would expect minimum a deep run. Um, I think I think with Argentina, Lucelso's injury recently could be a knock because it's just this team is just so built on. Even though he's not the most talented player, this team is so built on just that uh, a right. chemistry that they've managed to like build up. And like you said, that that grit that they've got. Lucelso, um, when I first saw him, like I never could have imagined he'd be the midfielder that he's become. Because he's like, yeah. he properly gets stuck in now. Yeah. Um, they do have Enzo Fernandez who could come in and do a job who's super talented and maybe isn't the most like for like replacement, but maybe they have to rework something with him out anyway, because yeah, that's, that's going to be a big loss. So there is potentially a very good replacement there that maybe makes them a more solid team. Um, I think he's a better player, um, but it's, it's also not that it's just not the same balance that they that they've been used to, I guess, and what they've built it on. Um, but they've got like the motivation to do it for Messi. All those players want to do it for him. Similar to what Dillette was saying about uh, with Portugal, Ronaldo's just gonna he is gonna be so so up for it. And like his the mentality of him, I could never like fully write that off. It doesn't really matter how how bad he's been as of late, which at times hasn't even been that bad. 
I think when he wants to be, when he wants to step up, he can find something. And But there's a similar thing with Argentina, um, not necessarily with Messi, but with the teammates who want to do that for him. They love him so much. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. If that was the final, I think that's like football's peaked at that point. Yeah, absolutely. No, that that's that's a large part of it is you can put a great team together, but you cannot buy or initiate passion as just something that has to be with a team and players like Rodrigo mm. DePaul, Lissandra yeah. Martinez, who are very passionate players, literally willing mm. to kill someone for Messi is a large part, you know, of why they could be so successful in this tournament. Okay. So I believe we only have one other team. Well, would I be right in saying that in contenders guys? Well, I, I thought France was a contender, but we already talked about that. Oh yeah. It's, it's yeah. just that the, the front three is too powerful, bro. Like Mbappe, Benzema, and then, you could throw me up there too, and we still be like the best front three at the tournament. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Musa Demp and not uh, what's his first name? Is it Musa? Usman. 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 That's yeah. it. Yeah, Musa Dembele is the the Leon striker. Uh, Usman Dembele. Uh, when he's on form, fantastic. When he's off form, probably is about as good as Dillette. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I also had France in real contenders for the same reason. That front three is ridiculous. They're going to be boring like England, but that often works at international football. We spoke about it earlier, so I won't go on. But uh, yeah, I've got them up there. I just can't not put them in there just because I'm scared of them. That's I fair. want them to fail, though. I really do. They are an extremely scary team. And, you know, you could, I don't know if Chuameni gets a starting nod because of his youth, but he's also so. a great player if they, if they can slot him into the midfield. Yeah, I hope he does. Yeah. Okay. With that said, final team, Gareth, would you like to do the honors? I mean, I'm assuming we've all got Brazil in real contenders. And Ashley, this World Cup is so hard to call because I could point out weak points, significant ones with all of them. With Brazil, it's very much their defense. I think not even just their fullbacks. I think Marquinhos hasn't been on it as much recently. And Thiago Silva, I love him and I really hope nothing goes wrong but when you're at that age yeah certain certain moments some things could happen it's happened at times for Chelsea already in Mm -hmm. the last like year or so just most of the time he's absolutely fine but there's you know just those moments where he just gets caught out um so none of them 100% fill me with uh with uh confidence the thing is though they are all decent well not Danilo if he's going to play I don't think he's very good I think I think they should play Fabinho at right back because uh, he was brilliant there for Monaco a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, um, but uh, or potentially Militao, but Militao's less of a problem at right back than he is at centre back. But I just think Fair. on the ball, he's not anywhere near as good as people think he is. I think off the ball, his positioning can be really odd, and he could easily get caught out. All better options than Danilo, who probably starts. To be honest. If they put Danny Alves there, it's probably their second best option, even though he's like 39. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. that's that's my main worry about them. We all know about their incredible attack, but like, I think they could be relying on Alisson just to bail them out a few times. And hopefully, well, hopefully for Brazil, I don't want, well, I wouldn't mind if they won, but I'm not going, I'd rather Argentina basically. But from Brazil's perspective, hopefully um, they don't need to rely too much on Alisson. Yeah, I also have, uh, you know, if there's any keeper you want with a shaky defense, yep. it's Allison, who's absolutely definitely the best keeper in the world. I think we can all agree on yeah. that. I mean, 
literally everything you want sweeping shot stopping positioning he he's the, per- the perfect keeper um yeah in in my opinion my thing is with their attack who do you play yeah <laughs> oh okay as a in a good way i was i was like I don't think Brazil's ever struggled with the tag. <laughs> yeah, no, no, okay. It, a, it, yeah. it, it, issue is the it, issue is the wrong word, but the the trouble for the manager is who do you play? Because what, what a lot clicks? of these players are a little bit streaky, like Gabriel Jesus, Anthony. I feel is sometimes streaky. Rafinha can be streaky. No, yeah. I think Anthony's Anthony's just not that good. I wouldn't say streaky. No, nah, no, nah, I'm hating. But yeah, no, that that front three. Not front three, front front four, because I think Neymar is probably a lock at the ten. Yeah, but yeah, outside of that, it's it's a it's a weird one, man. It is. They like um, they like uh, uh, Paqueta in that ten role as well, and some people have like suggested Neymar plays up front with Vinicius on the left, Paqueta there, and then one of those two, Anthony Orofina on the right as well. But that's the thing; they can like rotate all of those like. Uh, options and they've got so many, so many different ones. And then you've got obviously Jesus and uh, Richarlison, Martinelli also there, just just in case, you know. <laughs> I, if I'm the Brazilian manager, I honestly don't play Anthony this tournament. I go with Martinelli or Rafinha. Martinelli's very good on the right, very, yeah, very yeah. good. Um, he's he's surprisingly good with his left foot cutting in, but um. Also, he's so direct on that right side, and in certain games, maybe that is what they what they need. Um, yeah. Especially because, like Rafinha and and Anthony, especially, they're going to love cutting in, having a player who can come on and potentially go the other way and go around the outside and, and drag it back and all that. Uh, especially if you have got like a, a fullback, like a, a someone who's not necessarily going to overlap as much. Having someone like Martinelli on the right maybe could be an option. I don't think they're going to do it, but. I definitely think if it they, should it, be considered. Yeah, if they do, there's definitely a lot to benefit from because, you know, especially even someone like Neymar up front, which I think mm. is probably their best option. Neymar's not really playing as a high nine. That's plenty of space for Martinelli and Vinicius to just drive into. And then, even then, Martinelli, we know his work rate, defensive cover is exactly what you need whenever yeah. you have Danny Alves and Danilo <laughs> as your right back options. You want a right winger who's going to come back and help. So yeah. th- there's just a lot of positives that come in there. But, yeah, I'd love to see Martinelli just get minutes as an Arsenal fan, especially. Off the bench, Martinelli, Jesus, th- that's exactly what you don't want to see as a defender in the yeah. 80th minute. Yeah, yeah. They're going to just r- run at you constantly. <laughs> yeah. that That's another thing is Brazil has those players that are so direct. And I, I keep saying it because I really believe it, but directness is so valuable on international uh, on the international stage because i mean mm-hmm. there's only two or three games or well i guess four or five games where you're not at risk of being knocked out so teams are so safe and so secure and that tends to cause indirectness with their play style and when you bring on a player like jesus or martinelli who's willing to just go straight at you it can kind of shake defenses around yeah um yeah but- sure they're, they're high pressing as well. It's just yes. fantastic. If you if they're, for example, winning and they just want to keep the ball high up the pitch, those are guys you can bring on and they can just press high, high up against any team. Yep. Yeah, I think we've talked ourselves into, into Brazil kind of being the favorites here now that we've broken it yeah, down. Brazil's going on backing, man. Brazil is going on backing. Absolutely. 
Fair. Okay, yeah. So so let's do that. Final World Cup picks. Who do you think wins it all? I'm going Argentina, Gillette, Brazil. Gareth, how about you? It's coming Say home. It. England. Say it. <laughs> it's coming home because at, this World Cup is so unpredictable. There's so many great teams, but also all of them, like I said, they've all got a flaw. England, we've got all the flaws, but, you know, it's coming home. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And guys, be sure to drop five stars if you enjoyed today's episode. We'll catch you guys in the next one.